Oh, 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 cheeky monkeys. Get on with it. Toppy, toppy. Hashtag Buckheaders. That's magnificent. Hello, John. Hello and welcome to a Burkham Wonderland radio show. This is our post-game review of Arsenal 1, Brighton 2. Early shouts in for Michael Hahnemann. Thank you very much for your donation. Does anyone give a toss anymore? The players, the coaching staff, the board, put them all on the transfer list uh, and actually have the balls to prove themselves. Uh, yeah. I think completely can't agree with that one. And let's get underway and introduce uh, my two guests this evening. One of them, you can hear him sniggering like Muttley, who's just got the cream. I don't know what the dogs want, the bone. What the bone? There you go. Hey, Danny. How's Hello, you scumbag. And uh, you're very happy because Brighton won. And the other scumbag is happy because Norwich nearly won at the weekend. The pair of you can get to fuck. <laughs> I mean, I'm only happy because I told you so. It's more that. It's more smugness. That's what Brighton would do well. And the other person, as you have alluded to, who's joining us, the reason why he is late is because Norwich doesn't have any electricity left because he's using it to power his Christmas tree. It's Ellis Mel. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Look at all those lights. It's ridiculous. That's not that many. Look at them. That's beautiful, that is. Oh. I'm just going to leave that there and then everyone watching doesn't have to talk about football we can just all admire how pretty it looks that's, that's why we're late because Ellis quickly put the tree up didn't he <laughs> <laughs> oh, to try and over <laughs> away from the quick Ellis if things start going downhill and either of us start crying just put it back on the tree okay, well <laughs> can you sing by the way <laughs> no jingle oh, bells yeah. Lundberg smells <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to shut up now Josh Thanks. So this is doing well, isn't it? But then I was going to go back to you, Danny, and uh, ask you about the lineups if we uh, go into the game. Yes. Uh, it was similar to your preview. We saw Gwendozi come out, but do you want to talk us through the lineup? Yeah, that is almost the exact lineup that I um, that I picked because I was going by what he picked before. But I did three lineups. I did. His last game, what I think he was going to do, and my one, and then I got him mixed up and ended up saying that Torreya started the last game when he didn't. The only difference from this game is Bellerin coming in for Chambers, which I think was a, a right move. We, we think that until it came up to about the uh, the 80th minute. That was seems to be a semi-good idea, which I doubted through the entire game. And Socrates came in for Mustafi. No idea why he'd make that change. That, there's no lot. I suppose it's it's whether you want to be eaten by a shark or whether you want to be um, eaten by crocodiles. It's it's going to make very fucking little difference because you're fucked either way. So uh, Kalasnic, I'm glad to see that he was um, made the most of playing because we saw that um, Tierney came on and I think Tierney is the long-term player at that position. But Kalasnic is brilliant for me. And then you expected it to be Ursel on the left, a bum young right, Lacazette playing up front. And Willock playing behind them because uh, Willock has done well this season on occasions, but none of those occasions have been the last few games. He has been very, very poor. And uh, the one positive note for the entire game for me was the performance of Lucas Torreya. I thought he was, yeah, best of a bad bunch uh, most of the game. I think he was really, really good. And Xhaka, yeah, it's good to see him. Um, A couple of times the the fans gave him a little clap, which is good to see. So, uh, yeah, overall... Don't really see what much else you could have done with an unfit Tierney and an out of form Pepe, really. Yeah, Ellis, what did you reckon to the lineup? 
Um, yeah, I wouldn't say it was massively enthralled when I saw it. It's pretty similar, obviously, like Danny's alluded to, Socrates and to Mustafi. I wasn't as upset as Danny because all of our centre-backs are a bit shit, so it didn't really matter who you put in there. Um, it might have been nicer to have Chambers there, maybe. I don't really know. I, don't, I just think uh, me, and, me and Jason had this discussion on the, after the Norwich game. It's, it doesn't matter who we play in defence because our midfield just doesn't help anyway so it automatically puts all of our shit centre-backs on the back foot and they panic so I don't think you can really change up too much in that position um, it's nice to see Bellerin back in um, and yeah the front three again didn't really think it worked on Norwich and I didn't really think it worked today yeah, I uh, agree. I would say hello to the chat box as well because I realise I apologise. I haven't spoken to you yet. Uh, I can see and two three six five one hundred is in there. Archie, uh, Pat Brady, uh, or some Burkamp Wonderland Loki seventy three. Who was first in there? I've got Jimmy H twenty nine, but that might be when I joined. Simon Jordan was the oh, very first. Comment. Simon Jordan. Oh, um, Crystal Palace. Yes. Um, <laughs> former owner and oh jim Howson has just slid in and stuffed some dollary dues down our uh front pocket uh thank in you very much for that. <laughs> <laughs> hope they're coins <laughs> <laughs> oh i hope so uh sorry arson i wasn't careful what i wished for it's a similar sentiment i think all around at the moment with that um i can see Stefan selby is in there uh, Carly Tolguna, Rudy Rastelos. Um, also, I want to beat Jason um, by being nice and not shouting at you guys and saying that you're rubbish and you're like Emery. Um, get some likes up. There's like 173 of you here. I've only got 26. Uh, I've got one dislike as well. If I can get that into double figures and get near like 100 likes. Just I'll get a record, it. Josh. Like whatever record yeah. it is, whether it's the most dislikes or the most likes. <laughs> yeah, I don't mind. I'll take a record. Uh, oh, one from the New York Jets 15 as well. Here's to the most toxic fan base in the world. Wow. Yep. And that's from a New York Jets fan. Josh, I mean, do they even know what winning is? <laughs> Wait, I'm a Dolphins fan. you, New York Jets? How's that for toxic? <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean that you're You were saying... Uh, don't you dare, Echo. Um, she says I can't pronounce that now. Echo, <laughs> volume zero. Absolute shite hawk. Um, you were saying before, Josh, weren't we, on the last show that, that we often remark about the fact that if, uh, if everyone's gone, the players, the manager, the coaches, and then it's still shit. Now we're down to two things, people. It's the Cronkies or like the New York Jets who was kind enough to give us $2.00. It's us fans. I reckon the Cronkies got to leave. And, well, the other half of the stadium have got to leave because one half have already fucked off and we're still shit. So it's kind of going in the balance. It could be the Cronkies. It's only only another 20,000 fans need to leave. Then we'll really know who is the, who is the problem. It's just going to be Gunnosaurus there picking the balls from Rose Ed. That's what's going to be oh. left. Maybe it's him. Maybe it's a conspiracy <laughs> theory. It's like the Da Vinci Code. It's all him. <laughs> uh, right, so we, should we start talking about this game? Um, we have to. I'm, can we go back I to mean, tree? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's lovely. Part of me wants to talk about this, but not for the reasons of an Arsenal podcast. Mm. Um, but yeah, let's start early on. Uh, kind of chance for Lacazette, uh, but 
offside. I think we can continue using that for the rest of uh, <laughs> rest of that first half. What did you mm. think about how we started the game, Danny? Because it did seem to be a little bit handbrake on. Oh, don't talk to me about that. That's an absolute stupid <laughs> name for a podcast, and you did that on purpose. How can you have three yeah. brilliant people and a moron doing a podcast called Handbrake Off? When Wenger said it once ever, and I had no idea, he said it so long ago. Uh, I think that the, the commentator, who was 50% of the commentators tonight were wonderful, and he said it is 11 men in red shirts via team in black shirts, and that summed up how we were tonight absolutely perfectly. The number of times, not just at the beginning of the game, but we noticed it then, but it was getting worse through the game, that it would go from Leno to a defender to a midfielder, to a striker, back to a midfielder, back to a defender, back to the striker, then back. And you're thinking... We are playing at home, people. Like someone's put in the chat box, we've got two defensive midfielders playing in the middle of the park. Willock was coming back to get the ball occasionally. Ozil was was as good as fucking useless. And you think, well, what what is the plan? I would like to just, Freddie, just come out and go, I told them not to lose. I told them to do A, B and C. None of them fucking listened. I told them that we need to be attacking down the wings. We need to go through the middle. We need to give, make sure that the midfield give the front four the ball occasionally rather than just running down one wing and then hoofing it across and hoping it for, hoping for the best. And the number of times that we saw, in, in like you were saying, um, in the first part of the game, that Bellerin would just give the ball away. He wouldn't be out of turn properly. He would. Get, I've been saying I wanted Bellerin back for ages and now I feel like an absolute tit. But the number of times he would give the ball away, that he would go to do a pass and he wouldn't even look where the ball is going and then it would go to one of the, the, the Brighton players or we'd be trundling along with the ball and then someone would stick a foot in front of him get the ball off him and make an attack and that was happening to all of our players and all of our defenders the only defender who wasn't doing that was Kolasinic and that is the only place I had hope but it's just it seems to be if there is a message from Freddie to the players, it seems to be the exact same message that Emery was giving them because that's what we're doing. The exact same thing. Nothing has changed. In the in fact, it's got worse in the last two games. Yeah, Ellis. <laughs> oh, I think that's, it's not got worse. I don't think we've got one point from two games against two shit teams. It's yeah, got, but I mean Norwich are a shit team. Worse. Oh, well, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> they are, but that's besides the point. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think you're being a tad harsh. Like, Something whoever like comes that. in and tries to sort of, they're just shit. They just don't, like, at the start of that game, there was sort of like a half hearted press. You could see Willock in the first sort of five, ten minutes trying to, like, press them, but no one else really pressed, especially from the front three. And if they were, it was like a sort of half hearted press. And then all the Brighton players would do was just pass a ball through the middle of two players that aren't really closing them down you buy faster a whole midfield so that is still a massive issue that Freddie even mentioned and said about the transitions and about how we're not plugging them gaps but we're still not doing I don't know if what Danny said is right and he is telling them to do it and the guy's just like nah can't be do you think he has told them to do different stuff to what Emery is doing and could it be all along that Emery was saying do A, B and C and the players are not doing it because they don't seem to be doing it for Freddie I, I, I think with Emery, it was probably he was telling him to do this one week and then tell him to do something else the other week, and they were never really getting a sort of solid, concrete message that didn't change. Whereas now Freddie's just trying to sort out a rabble of fucking clowns that are just struggling to follow a task, let alone all the tasks that Emery was bombarding them with. But I don't know. I think it's, it's again, like me and Jason said, it's the midfield. There's no cohesion. There's not really any balance up top. 
and it's just a bit of a shit show at the moment. I'm not really sure how Freddie sorts it out. I mean, the way we came out second half, I'm sure we'll get to it uh, in a bit, I think means that what Jumberg was doing actually changed, you know, our kind of thoughts, or at least the, the team came out and looked like they had a bit of grit and fight behind them. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think in the first half, we looked like we were going to press. We just don't, weren't doing it well enough. And then certainly in the first sort of, sort of 10, 15, 20 minutes of the second half, we actually pressed properly and it, there was some fruit to that labour. But in the first half, it just was not non-existent, but just not very good. Yeah, I agree. Thank you, J-Rob, for your donation. Um, I think we can all agree with your sentiment. As Arsenal fans, it's not great at the moment. Uh, I think that sums up beautifully. She talk about uh, 20 minutes in as a foul on Connolly from Hector just outside the box. Uh, Ellis, did you think it was a pen or do you think what was given ultimately? You were just like, okay, fine, free kick. Well, um, what I will say before I analyse that is fucking Pascal Gross probably pulled an Arsenal player shirt in the box about two, maybe three times in the sort of like first 15, 20 minutes and got nothing for it. And then Bellerin does it, not a shirt pull, it's actually like a hand on the shoulder, pulls the player down and gets booked for it. And I think the difference is he was doing it in the box and the refs are all a bit more sort of concerned about giving a penalty away. Whereas if you do that in anywhere in the pitch, you get yellow cards and you get the foul. And again, because it was outside of the box, I think the ref had the ball, well, didn't really have the balls, felt brave enough to to pull up and, and, and book the player. I think for me, it was outside the box, just I think if if Far reviewed it and they've obviously saw that it's not inside the box, so I'd probably have to agree with them. Um, and yeah, it's probably a yellow card because he has pulled him. It's, it's dodgy. And again, like you said, if, if Hector does that in the box, it's a definite penalty for me. And he hasn't been amazing since his return from injury. But again, it's a long layoff, so it's probably taken a while to get back to sort of like full fitness and mentality and just the, the player that we know he can be. So, Danny, talk, Ellis was just talking about the pulls from Pascal Gross on uh, Lacazette, mainly in that first kind of 15 minutes with the millions of corners that will go down as Ozil-created chances. Um, do you think that Lacazette was kind of looking for that penalty or looking for the penalties rather than actually trying to get the ball? I think because a- for me, they were soft penalties if they were given. I think it has to be a little bit of both. We are a team in desperate need of goals. He is in desperate need of goals. The number of goals he has got this season compared to the number of goals that you would have expected him to have. Um, Obama Young is running away with the number of goals that he's getting both home and away. Lacazette seems to be only scoring. He scored, I think someone said he scored seven goals in two seasons um, away from home in the Premier League, which is absolutely shocking. I mean, there's got to be some reason why this is happening. So when you are in that situation, you are going to be desperate to get any any chance to score a goal, be it by fair means or foul. And the, the one of the commentators was saying, you don't need, you don't need, if you can't see the play, the opposition that's, if you can't see the defender's hand, look at the shape, the back of the player's Lacazette shirt is. If you're pulling it down for one corner, the shirt goes into a triangle shape. And the other co-commentator said to Shearer, I never thought about that. That's really good. That's really interesting. So as the referee, if you can't, if the referee, if you know, like normally the referee would be in front of you and you're pulling the player down, pulling his shirt from the side behind him so the referee can't see what your hand is doing. Now you can see the shape of the shirt and hopefully all referees will see that because if they nearly got a penalty for 
um, Bellerin barely touching that bloke's shoulder. Meanwhile, the um, the, the Brighton defenders three times nearly t- took um, Lacazette's uh, shirt off. Then you've got to look at that and think, well, it, the referee was a letting. I mean, even the commentators were saying the referee was. It's all fa- it's all well and good having a referee that's willing to let the flow of a game go, but not at the expense of three times we could have had a penalty. Whether he was looking for it, whether he was diving, whether he fell over a little bit too easy, but. I think sometimes he does fall over a little bit too easy, and uh, I think Pepe did it as well. So, and uh, if it's a two-stage fall, then you, you kind of know you're not falling properly. That's just leave that for <laughs> South American boys because they don't do your two-stage <laughs> nonsense. They will do one stage and roll for twenty minutes, then you know it is. But with the gist of it is, Josh, we're desperate for goals. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what have I got in? Next, oh, another chance for Brighton. Um, Torreira kind of flicking a header or cross coming over, Mape smashing it across the front face of goal. And then we go and rush up the other end. Um, Abamyang just has a chance, Ellis just pops it wide. Do you kind of expect him to kind of finish that? You know, coming in from the right hand side, and it's kind of set up for him, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was a good. I think I think Brighton today defended really well. To be fair, they um they didn't give any of the Arsenal attackers much time or space on the ball. I think the chances, obviously, the, the chance that we did score, um, obviously came from a corner. But other than that, I can't really think of any real clear cut chances where there wasn't at least one or two Brighton defenders close to the attacker. And I think we're used to Aubameyang scoring. He seems to score in pretty much every game. He'll be one of those players that will, will completely disappear, won't do much, but he'll still pop up with a goal. And I think we just expect him to score ones that sometimes he probably doesn't. And I, I guess it was just a case of Brian just getting tight to him and putting, uh, putting him off and not giving a great great opportunity. And he just didn't take it. I wasn't. I wouldn't say it's one of those ones that you'll you'll sit back and think, "Fuck me, we should have scored that." I didn't think it was one of those. Josh, comparing Brighton of this season to Brighton of last season, like Ellis was saying, the only thing they've got is defence because fuck knows they're not scoring goals. I was saying in the preview last night that um, thinking about it, I've had a, I've had a flea in my ear. I've been told right told off for not letting someone who's a Brighton uh, follower do it. <laughs> and last season, Dunk was their top goal scorer, thirteen goals in thirty eight games. This season, the only time he's getting games in the latter half of this part of the season is when he comes on as a sub, as a battering ram in the last few minutes. Zero goals all season. Their top goal, their second top goal scorer, Dunk, is their centre back, and he's also their joint top assists um, assist maker. So realistically Brighton have changed the way they play football haven't they they, they are going to come here and they are going to defend and they're going to get stuck in because the best well, part of their team is their defence isn't it well under Hewton you would have said yes the best part of their team was the defence what Potter has done and why I'd kind of said this result was coming for, for Brighton against any of the top six was if you looked at last season this is now the fourth game of this season sorry that they've played away from home against one of the top six. Um, against City and against Liverpool, they both had they had over 40% of the possession in that game. They nearly beat Liverpool at the weekend mm. as well. Uh, if you compare that to last season under Hewton, in those two games, they had 21% against Man City and I think 30 against Liverpool. It just really shows that Potter has got them playing... With the with possession, uh, Dunk's role has changed massively. When you kind of think of the Dunk and Duffy partnership, it doesn't exist anymore. Well, I don't Duffy, think of donuts when you say that. Dunk and Duffy, yeah, 
Um, you're probably not the only one. It's donuts. <laughs> <laughs> Duncan Duffy, to be sure. Oi. Hey, Duffy's, Duffy's, Duffy's Irish. Cool. Duffy's Irish, it's fine. Before, we, before you finish, Micah for Life has given yeah. us $2 oh, yes. and he says, how bad will it get before it gets better? It's never getting better. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yes, it has changed slightly. Um, yeah, Glenn Murray was top scorer last season, but he was useless. Uh, they've changed, as you can see, with Mopay and Connolly with a quicker forward line, uh, which is more aggressive. And they went with 4 4 2. Rather than, well, it was a 4 2 2 2 formation that we saw, which is where I thought we were actually going to go with the diamond to kind of counteract that. But um, yeah, they have changed their style massively, and this result was coming for them. So although they haven't scored many, they've been superb. Absolutely superb. Uh, it was a bit like the one nil to the Arsenal kind of thing, except they've been winning two one. And they have a plan, and they stick to that plan, which is yeah. admirable. Yeah, they've they got a manager. Go on. Th- they've got a manager who knows what he wants to do and yeah. knows how to implement it. And you can see why they've just given him a new deal as well. He only joined them in the summer, and they've already signed him up to a new six year deal. Yeah, because every chairman loves him. That after he's been so impressed, he went, "Yeah, yeah. have all the years you want." Yep, and because, you know, Watford are second their manager, Everton's just sat their manager, they're all going to come after him. He's yeah. a superb manager. And to be honest, we could do a lot worse than get Graham Potter in because uh, he, he knows how to play football the right way. And it's the second time he's beaten us, 2-1. 100% Emirates. 100% record at the Emirates. <laughs> you can say more than that. Um, we've now got to talk about the Brighton goal as well, the first one, Danny. Uh, as you have rewatched it, because you forgot about it. <laughs> Tell her. Oh, yeah, hold on. Here are people. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> the first Brighton goal. Ellis is just, uh, he's just going to get you to look at the Christmas tree. For those who haven't, who are listening, just imagine all of the lights in all of the worlds. Like basically, Ellis has been up to Blackpool and nicked all the lights, stuck them on his tree. Yeah, before the games, before we started the show, I went, Josh, is it worrying that I do not remember a single one of the goals? And then he talked me through them. And then I went and watched them. So, should I do the first goal, Josh? Yes, because you've rewatched it. Okie dokie. Right. Now then, I have to remember what. Oh, all I remember is they, they took a corner. I'm visualizing it in my head because although I may be a little bit on the uh, the RC uh, spectrum, I do have the ability to remember videos in my head. Usually they're, uh, they last for 10 seconds. So I better get a move on. The ball comes in and then uh, little Connolly, to be sure, does a little pirouette in the middle of the, in, in the penalty area. And I think everyone stands back and go, what the hell is he doing? What he's sneakily doing, what they didn't realise, he's given the ball to one of their blokes who then comes sliding in and slips it into the back of the net like an absolute joy. And I watched it three times, Pete. I watched it back three times, Pete, just before the show started. And the own, it was like a freeze frame where, you know, you get one of those music videos where everyone is still and there's one person moving. That only person moving first was Conley. When he stopped spinning, it was their player, Webster, coming in to slide the ball in the back of the net. And if you look very, very carefully, like in the JFK film, you see Luis go to try and stop it and not a single other Arsenal player makes the slightest fucking attempt to get the ball and Luis just goes, give it a nod. He could well have been shaking something out of his hair for all I know. Absolutely shocking defending yet again. And just think for poor old Leno because there's been they were talking about him possibly going to Bayern Munich and I thought Manuel Neuer, I thought, what is he, late 20s? He's 33. 
Yep, no, um, Leno will be off to buy a unit because he cannot put up with this shit, can he? I mean, if it wasn't for him, we'd have lost this game 5-1. But shocking defending, as always, people just standing still doing nothing. I mean, how? I mean, Leno must be screaming at these people, what the hell are you doing? What Your job is to try and stop the ball coming towards me, trying to clear defenders, trying to block the path, trying to push people out of the way. No, none of that lot. So stood there looking at it, ball watching, Josh, ball watching. Yeah, it was, uh, as I, I described it to Danny before we went live, as like a training routine, mm. that goal, except all of our players were the cones. Would you kind of agree with that? <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree with that. <laughs> it's just cones with Arsenal bibs and faces. It's a little bit yeah. like when you're practicing free kicks and you have those big metal things of players. Like someone's yeah, going to put three kits on there. One, they've put a fluffy uh, wig on. The other one, they've put an angry face on of confusion looking around. That would be Pappy. And the other one could be, I don't know, anyone just standing there having no idea what's going on. One really well-dressed one with a, a um, tattoo sleeve. Yeah, and I would say it's uh, you know it's absolutely surprising that the six foot seven player won a header in our box. What that left back? That left back. Six foot seven, you know. That left back. He's six foot yeah. seven, you know. Did you know that left back that plays for Brian? Yeah, I think they the mentioned team. it a couple of times, Ellis, during the during the. Uh, wasn't Amazon uh, good though, people? I was Ellis. very impressed. <laughs> Ellis I had, had very that. good service with my Norwich internet with Amazon Prime. It just didn't work with the laptop. Oh, Ellis has heard that uh, Dan Byrne is six foot seven for the past week from me as well. <laughs> yeah, their group's going. By the way, if you're going to watch the Brighton game, look out for Dan Byrne because it's hilarious watching a guy that size run across the pitch. Um, so yeah, that kind of conceding that goal, we kind of tried to come back in. Um, Willock having that chance Ellis let's come to you on that one just before half time that header can you talk us through I'm it I'm still on you <laughs> um, yeah I felt bad for Willock well I didn't feel bad at, at the time I was probably shouting and swearing at him, um, on the TV because it just seemed that everything seemed to get to him in the final third and would break down pardon me from a from a poor pass and it was frustrating and Abamyang with a good bit of feet running up that uh, six foot seven left back <laughs> um, and then put a great ball in and he just rose up but he seemed to be sort of unchallenged for the header and he just headed it straight down um, the Brighton goalkeeper's feet and I was just like oh, he could have put that anywhere and that's a probable goal and it's just I just think he didn't really show much in the Norwich game Willock to, 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 to show that he deserved a place in the starting lineup and Again, he's t- he was taken off at half-time, so I don't think he's really done himself any favours with that performance. Uh, to uh, add a flip side to it, though, uh, Matt Ryan is the shortest goalkeeper in the in the league. Uh, just to counteract Dan Byrne uh, being the tallest player. Six foot seven, I think he was. Six foot seven, I think, yeah. Um, <laughs> Matt Ryan at six foot is the shortest goalkeeper. Um, uh, the next one, I can't read my... Um, my notes because they're tear stained paper um <laughs> i won't i won't show people what Quick, paper i'm using the, well, the, note, the notepad is that i'm using <laughs> it might be a brighton one um i've got lack of something for a pen oh he fell over yeah he did and how did that get on with that didn't get it yeah, yeah. no move on the right. next point then move on <laughs> right half time we're booed off danny were you booing at your tv screen I was making, getting, doing the tweets ready for half time, ready and doing the uh, the JPEGs with the the little thing that I see what you see when 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 we tweet it. So um, I was thinking, 
I was looking at the bets that I made and I made a few one pound bets. And then I thought, I'm really fucked off with this. I've got all £29. I started off with a tenner. I don't bet because I've got no idea what I'm doing. I had £29 in my account. I put it all on us to win. And when we were 1-0 down at halftime, it was 3-1. to one. And then when David Louis scored that goal, I was about to cash out for 111 quid. Damn you, Var. Damn you. So, uh, yeah, I was busy wasting my time doing nothing, thinking, well, how the hell are we in the same situation we are now? And I thought it was very good of the crowd to actually cheer the fan, the players on and get behind the team for the second half. I think that did help because there was a definite boost in um, in the atmosphere, in, in, in everything, the the, uh, the attitude of the players. Uh, I thought it was a bit way, weird the way Pepe came on. When I looked at the Amazon thing, he was just uh, sitting there talking. Um, ignore, I think maybe Pear was talking to him. And he was just sitting there putting his socks on. I thought, it's minus 40 out there, Treacle. I'd have been, I'd have been wearing a cagoule and sat inside a bleeding rucksack if I'd have been him. But yeah, it's a bit weird the way he came on. Very lackadaisical. He didn't really have much of a warm up, did he? Uh, no, not from what I heard on Amazon. Uh, Alan Shearer was getting noticeably annoyed um, about the fact that his uh, Pepe's warm up seemed to be so lackadaisical. Uh, Ellis, what did you reckon to his substitution and how we started that first half? Because Ozil looked like, or second half, Ozil looked like a completely different beast, didn't he? Yeah, I think whatever Freddie said in the changing room obviously worked. And I think Willock for, for Pepe, as I mentioned earlier, Willock didn't really have the greatest of games. So I think he needed to come off. I think Pepe was probably, given he's our um, big signing of the summer, was probably the best guy to come on for him. And it was someone that I was sort of looking forward to seeing because as soon as Freddie was announced, I thought, oh, we might see a bit more of Pepe. And we didn't really get that against Norwich. So to get him to come on, I thought... He, he looked lively as soon as he come on. He was running at that six foot seven left back, um, <laughs> and it's just yeah. We 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 seem to press better. Earls all seem to be picking up the ball more. Even Earls all sort of pressing, and it was just whatever Freddie said. The guys had obviously obviously taken note of, and we just looked like a completely different team from the team that was in that first half where they were sort of semi-half pressing, just doing that thing that Arsenal have been doing for years now, where you just, I'm, I'm putting my body in the area that looks like I'm defending, but I'm not really putting any pressure on the defender so they can just pass it past me or through me or wherever, because I'm just sort of there in his space. Whereas it turned into people just pressing and winning the ball, Lacquer won the ball a couple of times. Even like I said, Ozil was even pressing, which was good to see. And we were, we were doing it in packs and, and I think Brighton sort of panicked a bit and we got some chances from it. Yeah, and one of those chances, Ellis, was a goal from a corner. Just talk us through that one, uh, Lacazette's goal. Yeah, and that'll be an Ozil assist, so that'll be all the Ozil uh, uh, fanboy boys coming on saying, see, you all should have played, he's an amazing player, touched the ball this many times, all these stats, blah de blah blah That's going to annoy some people in the chat box, I can tell. <laughs> um, but yeah, he puts the ball in, good delivery in, um, and it looks like Lacazette is trying to sort of flick it on for someone at the back post to follow in. And I wasn't really sure if Glasnach had gone in and followed it and, and put it in but it turns out on the replay that no one had actually got there and it was your keeper who sort of put a hand to it and it went into the back so a great finish from Lacazette but I don't think he planned it No, Danny, what did you reckon to that, that goal as oh, well? I was a bit concerned about the, the Lam Koscielny, the other K, that Kolasinic might try and take the goal away from from Lacazette because that's the only way Lacazette is going to score at the moment with his with his lack of form with his lack of absolutely everything and it's so sad to see because everyone knows 
how much I love Lacazette and Aubameyang and Pepe. And I'm even thinking it's the right. But when I start saying it's the right thing to start playing Urzel, and after all the games that he's played recently, that he's still not doing it, and I'm still saying still play him. You know that either I'm having a um, a, t- a turn in my old age, or or that the team is absolutely shit. Uh, it's nice for him to score the goal. It's good that for like, Josh, what did you say about him? Is it getting an assist before the game always started? Oh, I can't remember. So that would do him for the next four or five games or something like that, wasn't it? Oh, something <laughs> cynical. Something <laughs> cynical like that. That would justify his position. But that does. But, but on a more positive note, we, you look back at during the game, the number of times that we had Ozil, I don't know what point in the game was, whether it's before where we are now. Ozil was through and had a shot on goal. It went wide. He was claiming it was a corner. Um, uh, Willock had another one. Lacazette has had a couple. About We've had about five or six chances where we could have scored if things would have gone our way. And so uh, we had a little bit of luck with that. Like, yeah, go, like Steph and uh, our mate Steph says, uh, lucky header. I think that sums it up perfectly. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that goal also went to a VAR check as well um, because Kalasinic was offside when Lacazette headed it. But because, as we've said, didn't touch it, it's fine. Uh, I've just got distracted by when your cat's licking itself in the background. Oh, that is Bergy. Look at this from The Robots Will Eat You. Aaron Mui looked like Prime Zidane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, it's true. It was... Uh, yeah, when he turns, well, we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> um, 63 minutes, disallowed goal. Um, David Luiz uh, bringing some Samba down. Was that the same goal that Eduardo uh, scored his Samba goal against Burnley, Danny? Because um, it what, was you mean, similar. In, it came, the ball came across, he just put it in with the underneath, the, yeah. the flat of his boot. We went, there you go, back of the net. That should have counted, yeah. and I'd have been a lot richer. I'd have bought everyone a cheeseburger, <laughs> but... I mean, it's it's a bit sad that you, the goals that you're getting scored like that are coming from your centre back. I mean, you know that it should be it should have been someone else there. And but when you look back at the VAR, every single player we had was offside. Even some of our substitutes were offside. And I thought, fuck's sake, that proves how much notice I take of the game when it is going on. I was doing little wheelies and bunny hops all around the stadium, going, oh, "I've got 111 quid." No, you fucking idiot! It's offside. It's blatantly offside. Get back in your box. I'd imagine you're doing a fucking <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear. Yeah, I'm just imagining it was like that old BBC ident, you know, when they had all the basketball players. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> it was like that, all spinning around. Yeah. Um, we were so offside, it was criminal. The linesman didn't put his flag up. Yeah, that was um, mad. Like, <laughs> you could, you could, it's one of those things where you just think, that's definitely offside, because yeah. even if you're not really paying that much attention, to have five opposition players completely ahead of a whole defence. like well, they must be offside but no flags I thought oh, maybe that's yeah. just a really well worked uh, free kick no no not from us how dare you I suppose we can't get two assists that's him done for the year <laughs> um, right couple of subs we had at that time uh, Klasenich came off for Kieran Tierney what did you reckon Ellis to him coming on and what did you think of Klasenich's performance in the game um, firstly, I thought Glasnach had a, had a really good, really good game. Um, he's one of those players that, again, is just frustrating, and everyone gets a bit frustrated with him because his uh, attacking output is far outweighs his defensive output, in my opinion, and that's not always great for a defender. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought he had a really good game. I think 
quite solid in defence. It didn't seem that much was coming down that sort of left-hand side in fairness, but that might just be because he was defending well or it might have just been that they thought they'd target it down down there Hector's right but I thought defensively he didn't really put much wrong and as, as a as a defensive performance if you're not really picking up any blinding errors it's always a good thing for a defender and going forward he got a lot of the ball getting into those spaces he put a couple of good fizz, fizzed crosses in there but which Pepe and others couldn't get a hold of but I don't know it's, it's quite frustrating because you think he gets a lot of the ball and a lot of time down there but he hasn't really had an assist of late Whereas when he first came into the team, he was just getting him. Well, he was like our most potent attacker, wasn't he? Going down that left hand side for a bit, but it's just not coming off for him. I thought he had a good, good game. I don't think that was particularly hard given the rest of our players on the pitch. But unfortunately for him, there wasn't any fruits for his labours going down that side. Um, yeah. And as for Tierney, uh, I don't really know why they made the sub. I think potentially because Tierney's got more of a better aerial crossing him, whereas Kolasinac just likes to cut it back or play it along the floor. And we saw a couple of chances where Tony did put a good ball in, but I thought it was a, a strange change for me unless maybe Freddie saw something that I didn't, I don't know. Yeah, I think the my first instinct of why we made that change was because uh, Brighton's normal change in this system is to take off one of Grossoil, Moy, and bring on Trossard. And five minutes later, Trossard came on. Um, depending on which side he was going to come, he was going to be running at Tierney, and you need a bit of pace there. Uh, I think Kalasnich was too sluggish to deal with a kind of tricky winger. Um, oh, big thank you to Julian Nagelsmann. No, not that one. Uh, who's come in with uh, a donation. Uh, his comment is, Ich kann noch nicht mal alles reparen. Um, I think it means something like, I can't even fix this mess. Danny might have done. I have done. It says, I can not even fix everything. You were so close. You're both right. Ellis, you have a really nice Christmas tree. Uh, No, (laughs) because there's at least two negatives in that. (laughs) Uh, uh, Yeah. Um, Right. So we may have made another substitution. Lacazette coming off. Uh, Martinelli coming on, Abamian going central. Danny, what do you reckon to Lacazette's overall performance? I know he got our goal, um, but what did you think overall? Well, he was our, um, just checking, second only to Leno. He was our best player on the pitch, apparently, with a seven, up to rating of 7.4. Leno got a 7.5. I think that 7.4 is a little bit overrated. I think the fluky goal had a lot to do with that. He tried. He, he keeps running and trying and get trying to get it and to get goals, putting himself in position. But as a striker, you do need a certain amount of luck. You do need a certain amount of um, stuff to go your way. That could have well been in the first half. He was denied the chances to, to score goals and or get a penalty when he was constantly being pulled down. The referee and the linesman weren't seeing it. And VAR wasn't looking. VAR's worn itself out, making sure that Liverpool don't lose any games and making sure that I don't win any money. So... He keeps on trying and plugging away at it, and it's the time is going to come sooner or later. Where I don't know whether Freddie's going to um, cave to the pressure of we're going to be playing a bummy young up front, like someone said earlier on in in the chat. They said playing playing uh, a bummy young out wide this should be a sackable offence because a bummy young is the man who can score the goals. Lacazette is and he scored three, four goals all season. The time is getting closer and closer where we're going to see a bummer young playing up front, Pepe on the right, 
maybe someone else on the left-hand side and Lacazette is going to be back to the bench. Do you remember, um, was it the beginning of this season? He wasn't playing up front. And although bringing Ozil into the team has disrupted that front three, because when it was Aubameyang, Lacazette and Pepe, for a while we were scoring goals, we were looking good. The balance of, by bringing um, Ozil back into the team, I think it's unbalanced it a little bit. And the person who's going to make way from that team isn't going to be Ozil. It's going to be Lacazette and that's going to happen sooner or later. And with his... I think one, maybe one or two more away bad performances from Lacazette without a goal, and he's going to be dropped. Which, quite frankly, that might be what he needs because we saw that when Pepe came on, Pepe was the only player on that pitch, apart from Kalasnic at times. Pepe was the only one that, when he got the ball, I thought, "Hey, up oh, here we go! Something's going to happen here. Magical feat." And I don't ever feel that from Lacazette at the moment. He was too busy shouting at Willock to sort his fucking life out. So there you go. Are you talking? Sorry. No, I'm no. not. Uh, I, I am now. At the same time. <laughs> yeah. No, I can't. Yeah, I can't type and talk. Uh, I can't multitask. Otherwise, I'll start typing what I'm talking or talking what I'm typing, and they weren't related. No. Uh, no one needs to know your pizza order. No. Uh, no I've said it in the chat box. Uh, I'm getting confused of when we have lost to Brighton. Uh, I thought we lost last season, but I think it's the season before that we lost. Uh, I they hadn't beaten us. Away, yeah. it's oh, away. Home. Yeah, uh, I thought at home we'd lost. I can't remember. I'm sure we did in the Mkhitaryan game. I don't yeah. really know. I don't know. Yeah. I was there and I can't remember. Um, <laughs> anyway, I was going to say about Lacazette. Josh, I think with Martinelli coming March through. March 2018, we lost two one at Brighton. There we go. I was at that game. That was the one. They've never won at our place. No, correct. Uh, they have beaten Spurs though. 3-0 this season. Good. That was hilarious. Let's, let's, let's concentrate on that. Yes, let's concentrate on that more. Um, because the only other thing to talk about, 79th minute, Don't goal. Goal. Um, Neil Mopay. You said, Danny, their top scorer this season? Four goals. Five now, thanks to yeah. Arsenal. In our defence. They got him four for 18 they million. Did. They did. They yeah. got him near deadline day as well. Um, yeah, um, how do we talk about this, Danny? Uh, it's, it's Moy going full Zidane. <laughs> yeah, it certainly was, like like one of our wonderful viewers has said. Um, before I went back and watched this, all I could remember was at the moment this time of year, as people may have noticed, I get a bit arthritic in the shoulders and the neck and ever all over the place. Bellerin tonight, when that bloke turned him inside out, looked like a, an arthritic 80-year-old woman. The bloke didn't even try and trick him. He just went went down the left-hand side of his left foot and then brought it around him with his right foot. And went, thank you very much. And Bellerin was going, what? What's happened? Oh, bloody kids these days. That's all his shaking his walking stick at him. And then he crossed it in the middle of the box and the bloke came in out of nowhere, bang, put it in, and they ran away. And I was so glad I had cashed out literally I'm never talking about betting again. I cashed out literally 30 seconds before that, so I got most of my money back because I am shit at betting and betting is not good. It's oh. a waste of time. So, uh, yeah, it was embarrassing. He's got to look back at that and think, why the hell didn't you go with him? He's If, if, the ball, if he's a left winger, which I take it he is, and he's coming at you on his left foot, for him to stop, change foot, go round you, Bellerin should have realised I was so close to the touchline. What was he, six foot from the touchline? The odds are that he's not going to try to go to the touchline and cross it in. That he's probably going to turn, stop and go around him, which is exactly what he did. 
and he wasn't ready for it. And he was ball watching yet again. And Bellerin, uh, there have been so many times that when Bellerin has played games this season that he just hasn't been the Bellerin of old. old. I was watching him when he was doing it. Bellerin, you could guarantee that if he had the ball, he would beat you for the first, I don't know, two or three yards when, when he's got the ball or be on the first two or three yards to get to the ball. He has none of that at the moment. He doesn't have that that explosive um, uh, ability to get to stuff or get away from stuff. And someone says with the injury that he's had, that could well have permanently taken that away from him. And when you take that kind of pace and ability and uh, stuff away from Bellerin, you only bear down to his ability to defend. And that is something he, he, you cannot rely on Bellerin to be a good defender because he isn't a great defender, is he? No, I don't think he is. Uh, when Trossard had come on, I'd messaged one of the groups that he was going to rip uh, Bellerin a new arsehole. And I'm it just turned go. out he was next to him. Go on. It was uh, Moy. Do the donation. I'm doing the oh, translation. Yes. I was going to do the donation as well from Julian Nagelsmann. Not that one. Um, I have been trying to think how to say it. Realistish. Realist. Just don't say it in English. This is Christmas tree is just as bougie <laughs> as the 18 million euro latte, David Louise. Oh, yeah, that. No, it's, it's says, really testing my uh, my German GCSE. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did uh, um, O level French in the uh, the early eighties, and I do not know any French at all. He says, realistically, if you think about it, our board thought that the answer to that question was eight million euros, David Louise. <laughs> Yeah, that eight million pound David Louise is the answer to nothing apart from what is the worst thing you can spend eight eight million pound on. That's the only thing it's an answer to. I'll shut up now. I like David Louise. He's a shit like defender though. I like his uh, hair. Oh, and we should talk about as well for that goal standing next to Neil Mope was six foot seven Dan Byrne as well. Their left back. Oh, I didn't know that. Me neither. Let us know, Josh. Yeah, that's all right. Um, on all fronts, uh, that. Dan Byrne was standing there. Uh, 86th minute, Martinelli nearly rescues a point for us. Ellis, do you want to talk through this uh, this chance? Yeah, I, I mentioned it, didn't I, when talking about Tierney coming on for Glasnach. He's good at putting those crosses in the air to people, and he's done it a few times And in recent memory in Europa League games, and Martinelli's got a header. So, yeah, he was close. It was a good work ball from Tierney, puts it in. Martinelli heads towards, towards goal, and it wasn't quite at the corner it gave the Brighton keeper a chance to save and he made a good save and taps it out and it just wasn't to be but I did I was off my sofa at that point almost headering it myself but it didn't go in which is a shame and then 89th minute Danny Aubameyang had left the pitch did he go for a shit I think he went to see the replay to see just how shocking we were (laughs) (laughs) we were awful shit lads you want to see what I've just been seen it on the Amazon replay? We're fucking shit. What the fuck's going on? I thought we were winning, and then they scored. Oh, uh, well, they oh scored dear. before. I don't, I they don't know. They have scored before. No, they nearly as as scored uh, when Xhaka turned it over and Trussard went one on one and missed. Yeah, but I told Chris in our WhatsApp group that he's our most technically gifted centre mid, so I wouldn't like to talk about that. If that's okay, thank you. Yeah, that is true. And hate from people. I thought it was okay tonight. I mean, not fantastic. Nobody was, but people were saying. Someone said earlier that he's our worst, our worst midfielder. And I don't like people saying Dave Hillier is a bad midfielder. I was there watching Dave Hillier, perfectly competent midfielder. <laughs> I don't I, like it when you say he was shit because you weren't there and he wasn't shit. 
Oh, I so think I think Jacka probably is, and this is my argument with in one of the WhatsApp groups that me and Josh are in, is that compared to the rest of our centre mids, he's probably got a better pass and a better shot on him, whereas the other ones don't really seem to have that in their in their locker. Obviously, mm. everyone else in the centre mids probably a bit more mo- well, everyone is more mobile than Granite Xhaka, probably a bit more disciplined and a lot less hot headed. So obviously he's got his weaknesses, but in terms of making passes and switching play and the occasional screamer, no one else on our team can really do that. That's true. Very true. Uh, big thank you to Fat Sam, I-E-I, no, E-I-E. Oh, God, I can't do basic letters now. See, this is what happened, Julian Nogsman, doing it in German, throwing my brain all out. E-I-E in German, then. <laughs> I don't know. Wasn't it just uh, on it and you'll be fine? Yeah. Uh, why do we play a different back four slash five every week? I don't know. We've got a new manager in now. Maybe he's just, <laughs> maybe he thought, screw it. Maybe I've got to mix it up as well. Try and find the uh, the right combination. Maybe it was but- Freddie all along telling Unai to keep switching the back four up slash five. <laughs> it's Steve Bold, isn't it? Steve Bold comes in midweek. <laughs> he, puts a, he puts a massive wig on, pretends to be David Louise, is amazing in training. And then takes that wig off, and we can never find him. And he's the problem, or the solution to our problems. But anyway, that was it. We've lost. We stay in tenth. Yes. From memory, just about uh, minus two goal difference. We are five points off the relegation zone. We are sixty-six to one to be relegated. If anybody fancies that, he's already put a few quid on it. Yeah, no, no more betting. Fucking betting. <laughs> yeah, look, I've got a little screen that I can share with you, you beautiful people. Yeah. There you are go. currently two sides in the Premier League that have never been relegated, and um, both yeah, both the one of them is us, and the other one is Everton. That is our last time we, we had though to do that. Then we get luck. voted to stay in the league. Yeah, we did. No, we cheated to get promoted from Division 2. We uh, yeah. we finished about seventh. Spurs finished third. And then uh, they were expanding the first division so that we were voted to get promoted above them. Fuck them. Look, that's, that's, that's what our target is for now. As, as, a, as a club, we were trying to equal that 10 games without a win. That was in uh, February 1977 for the people listening on iTunes to March 1977. We drew with Sunderland. Then we lost to Man City, Middlesbrough, West Ham, Middlesbrough, Everton, Ipswich, West Brom, QPR, and then we drew with Stoke, and then I think we won the next game. So, <sighs> to be fair, I'd take a one-nil loss to Man City at the moment. <laughs> I'd imagine if we played someone good at the moment. Oh, Josh, when you're like notes that you make for the game, did you just like write like in your tear stains? So I can't remember what it feels like to win a game, and then a couple of sad faces. No, because uh, RIP. <laughs> when they mentioned that um, they haven't, we haven't won a game. Since the twenty fourth of October, I realised I haven't seen Arsenal win since I've been twenty nine. The last league win again. <laughs> That's a damning indictment, isn't it? Our last league win was the uh, the sixth of October, and I was still in my late forties then. I'm now in my very late forties. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's aged both of us, Danny, in a whole a whole year by us not winning a game. So did you? That we've got our next two games or away at West Ham, who are on form at the moment, and away to Standard Liège. I mean, 
Belgian football. I mean, they've got to be thinking they're going to get their first ever win in Europe, aren't they? Then after that, we're at home to Man City. So if we don't get a win against either of those teams, fuck. I think it's the relegation battle, isn't it, on the 21st of December, as away at Everton. It's a, it's a relegation <laughs> six-pointer. Blimey. Blimey. We might win a trophy if we get relegated. We might get up through the playoffs somehow. Oh, oh. Right. In Division 2. <laughs> well, should we go through some questions, Danny? Yes, because we're going to try and get this done in um, under an hour, aren't we? Yes. I'd also I'm say, hey, chat box, you've done a great job uh, of giving me 75 likes, but there's now 277, uh, 79 of you watching. And I put that task to you where there was only 170 of you. So the extra 100, sort your lives out, please. Uh, and give us a thumbs down because I want to try and get evens. We're, uh, we've been very nice to you tonight. You haven't got the, the raving lunatic Welshman going mental at you. So uh, thank us by giving us lots of thumbs up. Otherwise, he'll be back for the next game. Right, one question each from a bag of disc dicks for you, Ellis. Why didn't he start Tyranny and Pepe? I don't know. I don't. Well, I can see why he didn't start Kalasnach from the performance that he gave. But for me, Pepe needed to start. I think. I don't think that front three for me just doesn't work. Pe- uh, Pe- Pepe didn't play. Uh, Abamyang on the right and Özil on the left just doesn't work for me. I don't think Özil just wants to have a free roam. Um, Abamyang looks better more up front than he does on the right. I know he still pops up with the odd goals, but it's just. It's just so horrifically unbalanced. So, for me, Pepe probably should have started, and Tierney could have. But I can see why he didn't. Fair enough. Okay, and I think Tierney might have had a bit of a knock, or still coming back from that groin surgery that he had. Have One... you seen the message I've just put in the chat box, Danny? Oh, down, down, down the bottom. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> this is from Santiago Schmidt. <laughs> Jack was our captain. This child wasn't born the last time we won. Ah, people have had children since the last time we bloody won a game, you fuckers. I fucking dare you. Brexit oh. won't actually happen before we fucking win a game. Oh, now you've ruined it. Right, one for you, Josh, from John Bernstein. Will the Cronkies now look at the season and decide it's done and sell Alba and Lacquer in January? So one, both, or neither? Uh, I think they'll certainly have more time to look at it now that the Rams season is over. Uh, so, you know, uh, Stan can come over. But I think Josh is at most games now. Uh, Edu's also... Sorry? He was at the training ground a while ago, wasn't he? When Emery he was. Left. Yeah, he was standing there. I saw David Squires do a little uh, thing for him as well in his cartoon to show that Josh was there. Uh, I think... To be honest, what we've already spoken about with kind of Lacquer and his kind of form. And to be honest, one of them will want to leave at the moment. I think with Martinelli coming in, um, how he's performed, we could afford to let one of them go. I'd probably say Lacazette. I wouldn't be adverse to selling Lacazette to give Martinelli more of a pathway. Uh, because at the moment, I think we've seen it even under Wenger era, era sorry, trying to get both of both Aubameyang and Lacazette into a side kind of ruins the feng shui of the rest of the team. And you know, the moment we sell one of them, the other one's going to get injured. Oh yeah, absolutely. But if we sell Lacazette, it will make Chris cry and that will be sad. 
I feel like it's two two beautiful canaries in a cage. We just need to let them free. If we love them, if you love them, Cronky, let them free. Right, question for you, Ellis, from Carlito Elguna. How are Arsenal going to attract top players? And I'll add to that, now that we're a budget Europa League team. Lots of money, which we don't have. (laughs) (laughs) Or a very good manager. Or... Which we don't Some have. Sort of decent project slash plan that we convince can convince people that we'd be a good prospect to sign for. But without all of those, we'll never attract anyone and we'll be in League Two. Yeah, I think with the way Raul said that the Arsenal knock is different, it would definitely change in the summer to a different knock that will be a surprise knock and then a kidnapping. It's, it's just the fans knocking on the door with their fucking head, going, what's going on? <laughs> right, the question for you, uh, Josh, from Payush Kapoor. He says, Arson was blamed for the defence. With Emery, it got worse. With Freddie, it's no change. How long are we going to continue to blame the coaches? Should we accept the fact this is our level? <laughs> <laughs> oh, blimey. I think, to be honest, I will continue blaming the coaches because... The defenders we've bought weren't awful. They've all worked in good defensive systems. You know, David Luiz doesn't become an £8 million defender by being rubbish. Mustafi doesn't become a £25 million defender by being rubbish. Saliba, you know, he doesn't even play for us yet, but I'm sure he's having a problem this season because he's just linked to being an Arsenal player now. Uh, But I just think, in general, yeah, I think it's still the coaching things. Oh, Yvonne is there. She's been uh, missing for a while. She says, going to enjoy getting Brexit more than watching Arsenal right now. <laughs> I think that does sum it all up. Um, right, oh, next question. I'll be careful. My mouse has been a bit of a twat, so I'll be careful I don't end the stream. Again, I might be doing everyone a favour. Um, okay, one for you, Ellis, from Mika for Life with a lovely donation. He said, how bad will it get before it gets better? Um, a little bit worse. <laughs> I don't know. It could get better. I can't see it getting very better anytime soon. Um, but then that might be a good thing because that might sort of stir the board into bringing in uh, a decent manager who can finally start getting this gaggle of useless players to play properly. Still get it on. <laughs> um. So, uh, Ellis just put in here, why did that goal go to a VAR check? Was that you asking just the question? Yes. No, that was uh, earlier in the show when we were talking about um, Lacazette's goal, because I can remember why, and then Josh answered it. And then Josh said, shut up, you tits. Right. Yeah, um, there's a lot of, there's lots of things in there as well, other than questions. Fat, I know. Fat Sam says, why do we play a different back four or five every week, Ellis? I thought it was Josh's turn. Oh, Josh. Um, <laughs> Oh, uh, I I don't think we know what our best one is, which is why we keep chopping and changing. I think now that Emery's gone, he seemed to always think that it was never anyone else's fault. It was always his fault. So he needs to tinker it. Fair enough. Question here from uh, formerly Nozart. I'll give this to Ellis because Ellis is our resident slow cooker expert. He says Christmas, uh, he or she says uh, Christmas dinner, turkey, goose or chicken. Personally, I'm having chicken because it tastes the same as turkey and you can cook it in half the time. (laughs) 
Um, for me, it's got to be turkey because you got to splash out for Christmas, don't you? You can't have chicken unless you're uh, a weirdo. Um, it, and I'm not really a fan of goose. I don't really like duck or goose or anything. Can I, can I answer that one as well? Duckist. You're probably going to go, I'm a hipster and I have that fucking free bird thing where they shove it all in each other. No, um, Christmas this year is uh, lamb. No, lamb. Fucking and lamb. venison. Fucking look at him. He's changed, hasn't he? Lamb and venison. I haven't changed. I've always been a pretentious cunt. <laughs> <laughs> we are having a huge gammon and a chicken, and Sean's mum is cooking it all. Right, uh, so we're now down to uh, Joe Madeira's question. I haven't proofread this, so please make it make sense. After This is for you, Ellis. No, it's for you, Josh. After the reactions of the players today, is there harmony in the squad? Felt like people were at each other and not in a good way today. Josh. I think there is still some broken relationships within the team. But I thought the way they came out at half time for the second half, I think that kind of 20 minutes where they looked to have a bit of grit, a bit of steel about them, mm. looked like they'd either been on the receiving end of a hairdryer treatment from Jumbo. Actually, does, does Jumbo need a hairdryer anymore? We do not. No. Uh, whatever. He does, towel dry. I don't know. Whatever he does to his bunts. A chamois. Oh, well, yeah. Ask, we, should, we should ask FK. He'll, oh. he'll be the man in the know. Oh. How to get the true sheen on a on a bonce like that? Um, I'll need tips at some point in my life. Uh, but yes, I think I think it's getting better. But it's always that way when you know a team loses their manager. Or sorry, a manager gets sacked. It takes them a while to build their confidence up, and it's a, they're working their way up. To be honest, we've got to kind of rebuild that confidence. Finally, more of a statement than anything else from Michael Harneman. He says, is it about time I start changing my pre-match predictions? Every time I put us to win, we drop points. So should I start putting us to lose from Monday? I think we all should do. Now, Josh, how long is it going to take you to end the show? Because I've got a little little plan for people. 30 seconds? Um, yeah, Are sure. Done? Are we done? Are we done? What I'm going to do, Ellis, you put your camera on to the tree only. Can I can I say something back? Can I say thank you to everybody? Yes, I was going to say thank you to everybody. Put a camera only on Ellis's tree as Josh says the final words. We can all rejoice in the beauty that is. Ellis. What count are we singing before you sign off? Fuck Josh, that's what we're singing. Oh, Go on, God. Josh. Uh, yeah, so thank you to everybody in the chat box. All three hundred and two of you that, or three hundred and five of you that are there. Um, only 91 of you going to hit the like box button or the one of you that hit is the down. They're my favorite, the one that did the down. And I'd like to think it's Jason because he's bitter. Uh, thank you to you, Ellis, with, for one, the best thing that you've ever done is this tree for ABW. And Danny, you've just got to be here. Like I say, when I'm on the minibus and we're going shopping, down's rule. Come on, people. Yeah. Get the downs done. Yeah, get the downs in. Oh, Christmas tree. Oh, Christmas tree. How long do we leave Ellis singing before we end I don't it? Know the rest of the words. You know what we could do? Well, honestly, this singing is worse than <laughs> our performance. Yeah. But we could just, you could have just ended the show and we could have kept Ellis and just left. <laughs> <laughs> right. You Josh, notice. tell me to turn this shit off. Danny? Yes? Turn this shit off. Certainly, sir.
as soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Splendid business. 